We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And that's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we're going to hear part two of this message called Spirit-Filled Power in this series on the Spirit-Filled Life. It's one of the last statements Jesus made to his followers that they would receive power. So what did he mean by that? What does spiritual power look like in the everyday experiences of followers of Christ? Well, if you're interested in this gift that's available to you right now, all for free, grab a Bible. Keep it right here. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. When you talk about experiencing the power of God's Spirit, sometimes it departs from common sense because at times like that, common sense is just common. Don't expect people who are unspiritual to understand what you're doing when you're walking in the power of the Spirit to understand the decisions you make, the things you do. Another point that is worth noting is that I think sometimes these people we consider odd, and I just want to throw this out here, not always, but sometimes, um, they may actually have a little easier time walking in the power of God's Spirit because the same person who's a little bit socially awkward, who doesn't really catch the clues and who doesn't care what other people think, and we're, we're looking at them like, well, sometimes maybe you should care a little bit about, what, you know, you know who I'm talking about, right? While that might be a weakness in certain areas, um, that same kind of disregard for what others are thinking, maybe it could cause them to be really open to following God's Spirit and not caring what anybody else thinks. I'm not saying that's always the case, but I am throwing it out there. We can talk about that more another time. If I start to get weirder as I get older, I'll bring that one out again. But what does the power of the Spirit look like? If it's not just odd, oddity or any of the things we've seen, what does it look like? Well, I want you to write three words down. Write down the word C do and produce. See, do, and produce. Because I think the power of the Spirit causes us to see things others don't see. Really. I think people who are walking in the power of the Spirit, they see things others don't see. They see possibilities others don't see. They see spiritual warfare or an enemy others don't see. They see the power of God. They see vision that others don't see. They see things that other people just cannot see. That's the power of the Spirit. They do things that others don't do. And this makes perfect sense when you stop and think about it. If I'm following in my own way, doing my own thing, and now all of a sudden I'm going to follow a spirit, I'm going to do things differently. You know, when I come down to that point of saying, you know, I'm going to make a decision about something, and well, then this is conventional wisdom. This is what I should do. This is what, this is what everybody says. I should never, I shouldn't be surprised when the spirit says, no, I want you to do this. But Lord, if I do that, I'll lose this, or they won't understand. Just trust me. You begin to follow the Spirit, you're going to do things that other people don't do because you're following a different leader. And you're going to produce things others don't produce. You're going to see things others don't see. You're going to do things others don't do. But because of that, you are going to produce things others don't produce. You're going to see the power of God. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see the Spirit of God move in ways that other people can't see because they're not living in Spirit-filled power. Now, a few things that I think are really important, a few key elements of spirit-filled power. 
real briefly this morning. Number one, operating in the flesh is the biggest obstacle to spiritual power. Number one obstacle to spiritual power is operating in the flesh. What do I mean when I talk about the flesh? Flesh is that carnal nature, that part of us that always looks out for number one. It's all about me. That's the flesh. Okay, Galatians 5 gives us a little better definition, a better picture. Flip in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. The Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Galatia about this very thing. This is a significant truth that this verse, this, these verses teach us. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Um, that is a huge thing. Lots of us should probably memorize Galatians five seventeen. Desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the Spirit. What that means is in every single one of us, we have spirit and we have flesh, and they are at war. And what that means is one is good, uh, what's good for one is bad for the other, and vice versa. That's really important. You're like, wait a minute, when I can follow our Jesus, isn't that all over? I mean, we, think, we tend to lean on two extremes here. We tend to go, oh, it's all over, and I, I don't have that anymore, and I'm just going to live perfect all the time, and I'm perfect all the time. Anybody who tells you that, they're lying, or they're deluded. They're clueless. But the other extreme is over here that says, oh, I'm going to have this flesh and I just got to keep, and I'm just a sinner and I'm going to keep doing that until I'm with Jesus one day and I'll just hope to entrust it all to grace. That's not what Paul was saying at all. That's every bit as much error as the other. What he is saying is we have flesh and spirit in each of us. We have a choice. We have a choice. We actually can overcome the flesh by the power of the spirit. That's what he's telling us right here. So the Flesh and the Spirit are against one another. They oppose each other. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Listen, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Some of you might be going, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good Christian, so I'm not really caught up in any of those. You know, that's not my thing. And, and just say, okay, if that's true, God bless you, way to go. You know, but then we move on. Enmity. <laughs> strife, jealousy. Okay, I, as a pastor, I don't know about these things, but you guys, I know you. <laughs> I mean, it's really easy for me to go, okay, I'm, as a pastor, I'm, pre- I'm pretty good on the first row, okay? I mean, sorcery occasionally, but not, no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. That was a joke. But when I get into, and, and you're like, but you're a pastor, man. If anybody should be able to just totally not think about the flesh at all more... Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions. Folks, just because I'm a pastor, or just because we're in ministry, or just because we're Christians doesn't mean that those, those are out of the flesh. Because we every time, every time we come into an encounter, every one of us has this thing of, okay, this me, what's good for me? Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. By the way, what he's saying is that's not an exhaustive list. That's just a for example. And things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Folks, it would be great if we could say that's never a temptation, but folks, every one of us knows those are things that we all have to struggle with. We all have to struggle with. Anytime, and I don't care who you are, anytime you have an encounter, I mean, it's real easy, someone, and you get into this encounter and this thing comes up and it's like, uh, you know, and you're like, I just want to smack them down. And let me tell you, as a pastor, I can spiritualize that. 
Really. I can even quote scriptures, you know, I, I, you, how I need to help bring them Jesus. I need to put them in their place and get take, deal with that pride in them. And I can get all worked up. And then I stop and I listen to the Spirit. And the Spirit's like, no, no, no. What I want you to do is I, 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 want, you to, I want you to listen to them. I want you to be patient. I want you to forgive. But Lord, they need a smack. In the name of Jesus. And he's like, yeah, Jesus isn't having anything to do with that. That's not about Jesus. That's about your flesh. Just because I can spiritualize it, all I have to do is stop for a minute. And it becomes real clear. You know, I've told you before, every single day, we come to these little crossroads. And I, I think, I contend we come to maybe hundreds of them in a day. We, I don't think we're aware of most of those. I'll bet you, though, if we stopped and pay, started paying attention to these flesh-spirit crossroads... We could identify 10, 12 a day where we come to an encounter, something happens with a person or something happens with a decision, something happens with money, something happens with whatever, and I got a decision to make, and it's, real, it's flesh and spirit, flesh and spirit. And, and if I'll stop and actually identify, wait a minute, there's flesh and spirit in this, it becomes pretty obvious which is which. Okay, you think kill them in the name of Jesus is, is spirit? Yeah, no, that's flesh. And, and all I have to do is I stop and say, wait a minute, Lord, what are you saying? But it's so much more fun because I want to really lash out and I want to put them in their place and I want to. And the Lord's like, that's not what I want you to do. Spirit. Spirit. And I'm not saying you never bring a corrective word to someone, but even when you do, it's in love and it's about them. It's not about you. If it's about me, it's flesh. An expense, purchase, uh, something with the kids, something at work, a customer, all kinds of these little crossroads, these forks we come to. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay, so here's the crossroad. <laughs> you heard about the flesh, yes. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those to, who belong to Christ Jesus have, listen to this phrase, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We have a choice, flesh or spirit. We come to that intersection every single day. Romans 8, 7 and 8, he said, For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Galatians talked about the desires of the flesh. Romans talked about the mind set on the flesh. How would you describe the mind set on the flesh or the desires of the flesh? I kind of gave you a clue. Whenever it's like all about me, that's flesh. If it's all about us, it's flesh. That's what the mindset of the flesh. In fact, what's interesting, it can be about my self-interest, my desire, my want, my comfort, whatever it is, that, that's flesh. But sometimes it can even be other flesh. When the Spirit's saying this, and I'm like worried about, oh, what, what do they think? What are they going to think? What are they going to think of me? Which, understand, while I'm using them as the excuse, it's really about me because I'm worried about what they think of what? Me. What will they say about what? Me. So it really comes down to the same thing. But it's this focus on flesh. Instead of, Lord, what do you want? And I don't care what I want. I don't care what other people want. That's what the mindset of the flesh. Paul used the phrase in Galatians 5. He said, verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. What does it mean to live by the Spirit? In Romans 8, he talked about the Spirit giving life to our mortal bodies. What do you think that's like? I think it's when we come to that crossroad and we make a decision and we follow the Spirit, I think he empowers us to live that out. It's the power of the Spirit. 
resident in us. And then there's verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. Crucify the flesh. I believe we crucify the flesh every time we come to that crossroad. This is what it means to crucify the flesh. Come to the crossroad. Spirit says go here. Flesh says go here. Lord, my flesh wants to go there. I want to go there. But Lord, I'm going to follow the Spirit. Flesh. Crucified. Flesh. Crucified. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Spirit-Filled Power. It's all in a series called The Spirit-Filled Life as found on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, Spirit-Filled Power. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Jesus literally crucified the flesh, right, on Good Friday. But I want to suggest to you he actually crucified the flesh in the way Paul's talking about here the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember what happened? He said, Lord, if it's possible, take this from me. And then he said, what? But not my will, thine be done. He was at a crossroad. Flesh was saying, get out of this. This is not going to be good. Spirit was saying, no. This is Father's will. Not my will, thine be done. Flesh crucified. I think every time we come to one of those, we crucify the flesh. But here's the other point, so important. We now walk in the Spirit. And that's where the power of God is released. That's where the good stuff happens. The biggest obstacle to walking in the Spirit is walking in the flesh. But when we crucify that flesh, the Spirit is released. And that's when we get to the power of God. That's when we get to walking in the Spirit of God. My challenge for us, do not settle for flesh. So many of us try to walk out our faith as just a cleaned-up version of the flesh, a religious, church-going version of the flesh. And that is not what the Spirit-filled life is about. It is about power. Second thing, real quickly, there's a vast difference between natural gifting and spiritual power. Very important. Vast difference between natural gifting and spiritual power. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.4. He said, And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul is differentiating between being naturally gifted, natural wisdom, natural persuasion, and demonstrating the Spirit's power. Very different. And we need to understand that because I think we sometimes confuse this. Paul wrote on spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. He's talking about spiritual gifts. And I think we've sometimes watered these down and turned them into like, you know, churchy talents. 
And I just want to say they're not at all. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 4, here's what Paul says. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of service, varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. The Spirit-filled life, the Spirit-gifted life, can look very different and should. The Spirit's leading, His manifestation, His gifting in you, it's going to look very different than the, your neighbor, other people in your community group. And that's great. But what he's saying is it is the same spirit. It is the same spirit operating in each of us. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom. He's talking about this is not human wisdom. This is a wisdom that transcends human wisdom. It is the wisdom of God. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. That means the ability to know things that you couldn't know by human means. God revealed something that you wouldn't have otherwise known. According to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and uh, uh, to another various kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. A couple of quick observations. The spiritual gifts are not talents. They're not talents. One mistake we make, I think, is we refer to motivational gifts versus the supernatural gifts. And I just want to say they're all supernatural. That is a, that is a, I think, a harmful categorization. I know what it means, and it's not bad in and of itself, as long as we remember they're all supernatural. When they talk about motivational gifts, they're talking about things like service, helps, leadership. Those are spiritual gifts. Then they talk about miraculous gifts, healing, prophecy, things like that. Let me just say, they are all supernatural, every single one of them. And to begin to think they're not is where we kind of turn them into talents. Every spiritual gift is the unique empowerment of God's spirit. Every act of spiritual giftedness is made possible by the direct empowerment of the spirit. See, talents can be about the individual. Spiritual gifts are not, and they cannot be. Now, we who are believers in our God, our Father, and Jesus Christ, we understand talents are a gift from God. You know, cre- he, we believe in creation. We believe he created us. But understand something. Talents just are given to every single person. We're watching the Olympics, and you see some people, all these people have amazing talent. Some of them stop and give glory to God, are thankful and obvious, and they make that known. Man, this is, I, I give thanks to God. But others don't. Others will sit and showboat, and it's all about them. They still have the talent. But spiritual gifts are different. Spiritual gifts are a result of God's spirit in us. Spiritual gifts can never be just about the individual. They are for the glory of God. That's what he's saying. It's from the spirit, for the spirit. And spiritual gifts are for the good of others, for the common good. Good of others in the body, good of those we work with, good of those we live with, for God's purpose in the world. Talents are about my area of strength which can actually get in the way of walking in the Spirit. Talents are about my area of strength, which can actually get in the way of walking in the Spirit because it is the area I am most tempted to operate in the flesh is the area of my strength. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8-10, Paul writes three times, I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. He's talking about a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it is. That's what it is. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is a powerful understanding. We tend to think of the areas of our strength as, man, if God could get a hold of that strength, then he would go for it. We have these celebrities, they've got these strengths, and we just say, go do those strengths for Jesus. I just want to say, it is an amazing thing when our strengths become absolutely fully surrendered to Jesus, but it's just harder to, harder to surrender my strengths. Let me tell you the area where I, where I have to depend on him. It's in the areas of weaknesses. And the key word is that word dependence. In the areas of weakness, I'm forced to dependence on him. It's a wonderful thing when our strengths are surrendered and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But understand those strengths. Those strengths are, the, are often those areas where God can really do great things, but they're also areas where I can really get myself in trouble. It's not about my strength. The power of the Spirit is about operating in a different strength. Spiritual gifts tap into a different and greater power. The Spirit-filled life is marked by Spirit-filled power. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Spiritual power is for every believer every day. And I I want you to hear this. Spiritual power is for every believer every day. Because some of you, even though, I, I mean, I've shared what I've shared there's still this bias, these lenses we look through that say, that say, well, that's great for you, Sean. You're the pastor. You should have spiritual power and missionaries and the other staff and, you know, worship leaders and things like that. And maybe God will give me spiritual power in my ministry here. But I just want to say to you, yes, man, just imagine if we all start surrendering to greater levels and let the spirit work through us and in all of our ministry. Imagine the power of God released through this place. But I just want to say to you, Um, you're filled with the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit every single day. It's for every believer. That's that's what Paul said. He said, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. He said, he apportions to each one individually as the Spirit wills. So there's no exceptions. You might think, oh, I don't have any spiritual gifts. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Biblically, you're incorrect. You have unique possibilities in the Spirit of God. It's for every believer every day. As you pray, you should pray differently because of the Spirit. You should pray with spiritual power. As you work, and not just in ministry here or in, you know, doing charitable works. I'm talking about when you go to work tomorrow. You're like, you don't know my job, man. It's a train wreck over there. No way. Can't do it, Sean. Cannot do it. I challenge you. Those little crossroads. Lord, what do you want? You're sitting with a customer. What if, what if God tells me, but God, if I do that, I could lose the sale. God, that is definitely contrary to the training they gave me at work. I challenge you to trust the power of the Spirit and see what he does. He wants to do amazing things through you. Trust him as you serve. I love the phrasing from Zechariah 4. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. What are you, mighty mountain? You'll become level ground. Who dares despise the day of small things? You may be sitting here going, I don't have much to offer. I, God, I can't envision God doing much with me. I'm sorry, who dares d- despise the small things that God wants to use in you? The small things that God wants to start that are going to grow into big things. At Leadership Summit, we listened to an interview with T.D. Jakes. And I was kind of disappointed because he's a great preacher and I wanted to hear him preach. I was disappointed that it was going to be an interview. It actually turned out it was great. 
because we kind of got to get inside the head of someone who's doing a whole lot of things for the kingdom of God. And let me just say, you may love TD or you may not, whatever. You know, it's a cheap gift to be able to sit and take shots at somebody else, okay? And I'm not saying the man's perfect. What I am saying is God's using the guy on a lot of levels. And he has got, you know, just incredible insight on leadership. And he made a statement. He said, he said, God has put a seed in every one of you, every one of us. The question is, what are we going to do with that seed? What are we going to do with that seed? Are we just going to hold on to it and let it remain a seed? Or are we going to plant it and let it become something amazing? Because that's what God's intention is, by the power of spirit. And it reminded me of the passage in John where Jesus says, unless a seed falls to the ground and die, it cannot bear much fruit. But if it does, it then bears multiple, multiplied fruit. What are you going to do with the seed that God has planted in you? The life, the spirit, the gifts. The challenge is, folks, and this is, I I mean it, this is why I did this whole series. We're supposed to walk in spiritual power, but too many of us have never even tried it. We're sitting here with this kind of Toyota experience when it comes to power, when God's saying, I've given you a spirit, and it's way more like a Ferrari than like a Toyota when it comes to power. Let me just say, that illustration falls way short. There's stuff God wants to show you, stuff God wants to do through you. He wants to call you into. And I'm just saying, man, just imagine if we all said, okay, God, I'm not going to worry about what other people think. I'm not going to worry about, you know, my fear. I'm going to start saying yes. At every one of these little crossroads, I'm going to crucify the flesh and say yes to the Spirit. And I'm going to let the Spirit begin to do what He does. I promise you, you'll become a believer at a whole different level. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message called Spirit-Filled Power, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on the Spirit-Filled Life at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.